Hi, everyone. Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you are listening to Halfway Saints. This is a special edition of Halfway Saints. We are coming to you from our vacation in the Poconos. Yes, we are traveling in the middle of a pandemic. Well, we've already traveled. We're here now. That's true. We're vacationing in the middle. There we go. Vacationing. Um, But we are being super careful. We are. And we're not seeing, like, we're doing, we're abiding by all the same rules. We're just in a different house. And it was de or not de-sterilized. <laughs> it was it was re-sterilized. It was totally sterilized. It was disinfected mm-hmm. uh, before we came. So, so everything's good. Everything has been great, and it's been really nice. We didn't. We knew this was here. We didn't know this was this close to home. Yeah, the Pocono only, Mountains are only like two hours away. Yeah, so it's been really fun. The boys have been really loving it. We hiked to a waterfall. T- today we all made it like a uh, real waterfall guys it was really cool it was a real waterfall mm. yeah it was, it was probably cool. like 30 feet high i don't know I'm not gonna <laughs> but it was really cool it was really loud and a lot of nature we mm. see, oh my gosh and there are like thousands of rhododendron bushes yeah they're like the path or yeah the path went through this like rhododendron forest, forest I mean, literally. Um, which i didn't know they grew anywhere other than you know outside of your house so yeah, like i've never seen their gardens. natural yeah their natural environment in the wild um but it's been fun this is our first vacation with just us and the boys mm-hmm. um since ever yeah. that we've ever taken <laughs> well because our family's far away so all of our trips are always to go visit like our vacation times are to go visit them or to go visit places with them and um, <laughs> it's, always- it's true it's true but it is really nice to get away and to have a change of scenery, mm-hmm. especially for us and the kids. I mean, to have dedicated family time in a different house in our own. And to have just like a low key vacation. This is also the first time we've been able to do whatever we want on a vacation. Mm-hmm. Usually we're visiting family, so we have to navigate one else's schedule. So it's like we do something in the morning and then we just hang out in the house in the afternoon. And it's been really, really good. And the good. boys are excited. There's a backyard. There's like, a deer path or something like deer just keep wandering through the backyard. Jack is really excited. We saw three deer yesterday yeah. and a chipmunk came right up to a us. A very friendly chipmunk. Jack had dropped his bagel on the floor and <laughs> I was very frustrated about on, it. On the back porch. Yeah. Sorry, not floor, the <laughs> deck. And um, the chipmunk just came right between our legs and licked it up off of the deck. And licked the cream cheese up. Yes. And um, it just was... It was really cool. Jack has never, and I have never seen a chipmunk that close. So it's just, we're just getting the wilderness. For we're real. getting it. We're getting, getting it. it. Full force. Um, but no, it's been, it's been really, really great. And we're, so we're recording this on my laptop and I had to download Audition, the program we use. And um, we downloaded like a newer version. So this one probably is going to sound better than all of our <laughs> other ones. We'll have to update the computer at home. Oh yeah. We, uh, we put on a, a, an effect called podcast voice so hopefully we'll found we'll finally sound like real podcasters <laughs> now we're really legit mm-hmm. so then we also have some other news to share i'm pregnant mm-hmm. um we are expecting a baby in february mm-hmm. i am the point to the point in my life where i just talk about the general month of pregnancy yeah. because with my uh past history let's just say march <laughs> yeah i mean a due date is really kind of like 
a rough estimate, the season that the baby is going to be born. Exactly. <laughs> it's not necessarily a, a very accurate prediction. So, but we are so excited. Mm -hmm. um, the boys are so excited. Jack, every chance he, get, he gets, he will put his head next, uh, like onto my belly. And he mm -hmm. insists that he can hear the baby moving and swimming and kick and feels kicks <laughs> and stuff. Um, but it's really, really sweet. So I'm about 11 weeks along right now. And so I have had really bad mm -hmm. morning sickness like really bad and really weird morning sickness yes um my cravings and the aversions are way stronger than ever before and they will they will switch like mid-meal like mm -hmm. Holly will be in the middle of eating something and be like nope can't. i can't do it anymore <laughs> we'll have to switch out here whatever she's eating that almost happened tonight during dinner oh really i took oh, a bite man. that was too big <laughs> It's oh, no. so ridiculous. Not so. <laughs> the thing about Holly's nausea and morning sickness is not just limited to like, oh, this food doesn't taste good or it smells bad. It's it also includes this food is a weird shape. <laughs> Daniel wanted to feed Isaac. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> I wanted to feed him. So let's see if Holly can stick with us. Okay, okay. I wanted to feed him some prune, or we wanted to give him some prunes. So like Holly went to grab some out of the bag, and she had two in her hand, and she's like, "I can't do this." <laughs> she said, "They're just so it. they're just so round the whole. <laughs> they're too big. <laughs> it grosses me out, and like I don't mind, or I I cannot eat pasta. I tried it one night, and then I'm almost I took one well, bite and then threw up. Pasta with marinara. Oh, the pasta way that we. That we normally eat. We just call it pasta because there's one way to make it and it's the right way. Um, but usually we use, what is it, fusilli yeah. pasta with mm -hmm. swirly kind with sausage and tomato sauce. And the sausage and tomato sauce is fine, but it's the shape of the pasta that I can't deal with. So I have to have angel hair pasta. Mm. I can't have um, swirly pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just so ridiculous. Um, I keep joking with Holly that I have a very specific superpower. Like I'll just talk. I'll just mention some kind of weird food <laughs> and holly feels like she has to throw up <laughs> it's not funny it's not it's so just, it's so it's real just, it's a, a small amount of power i can wield it's my one superpower and it only applies to you I can, maybe it applies to other pregnant women i haven't tried it yet <laughs> he calls it vomitron <laughs> that's my super villain name <laughs> and your power is too strong you it wield is. this power that is too strong I for know. you I mean, the comic book writes itself. It really does. <laughs> I go into exile. Oh my gosh, it's just terrible. <laughs> but um, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm feeling a little woozy right now talking about these <laughs> things. <laughs> but um, I like this morning <clears throat> for our walk this morning. I, I felt really good for most of the afternoon. I felt good. Dinner time was not good, but. Um, I am starting to feel those like little glimpses of, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is what normal feels like. So then what we do is um, like first trimester, I'm, you know, out of commission. Second trimester, normal me. Mm -hmm. I'm back, ready to go. Third trimester, this baby is huge. <laughs> I can't move. I'm, I'm useless again. So we're going to really make that second trimester really um, count this mm -hmm. time. Okay. Do as much as we can. I, I mean, it, that makes the hike even more impressive. Yeah, I mean, today. really, guys, I that was a lot. And I, I was know. holding Blaze's hand the whole time, I know. which was so sweet, but it also <laughs> was really hard. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping to have Holly back in fighting shape soon, which is needed because Isaac is gigantic and 
doesn't stop moving ever. Isaac is 33 pounds. He's not even two yet. He's 33 (laughs) pounds. And Blaze, who is who turned four in February. Yeah, he's just about four and a half. Is 39 pounds. (laughs) Isaac is only what is that? Seven? Six. Six. Yeah, 33. Man, that's bad. Um six pounds less than his older brother. That's insane. I know. And he's he's really he's Pretty tall. I forget exactly how tall he is, but he's way taller than the other two boys were at that age. Significantly. Um, and he just runs around and screams and is just a little animal. He's the best, but he's just a lot. He's not the best. He's the best two-year-old. He's almost the best two-year-old. Isaac around. He's not even two. I keep thinking he's two. He's not. not. He's got like a couple more, a few more months. Oh, but um, but it's been it's been so much fun, especially mm-hmm. here in this in the rental house the boys bedroom is kind of on the bottom floor so they can like run in and out of the room and isaac can play in the room with them at home it's up the stairs so we can't really keep an eye on them up there mm-hmm. so they've just been running around playing games and um, isaac is just here for it he is he's all about it like today the boys made bark boats they just found <laughs> giant pieces of bark and uh taped pe- uh leaves to the top of them like sails and they were like zooming them all around because they were motorboats in the on the back deck and running around in pretty much circles with their bark boats and isaac was like looked at him like oh okay that's the game and he ran and found his own piece of bark and was like we're trying to do that. And i was like isaac you have no idea what's going on like you don't get the game you don't get anything or not anything, but no, we, some things, some things, but it's just, he's just so sweet. He's just so ready to play with them. Like, yeah. Oh, this is the game. Let's do it. Yeah. He's just the sweetest. He's, he's sweet. Uh, he's a born little brother. Oh yeah. Oh, ready yeah. to follow. We always said that about Jack, our oldest. <laughs> yeah. But Jack, like with older kids, we'll still like, but yeah, whatever you guys are doing, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's he's just such a sweet. Jack thing. is really good with Blaze and Isaac. Now they're all, all three of them can play together and, nicely now which is really really great which is that's pretty no, new with blaze and isaac <laughs> and jack i mean during this pandemic jack and blaze have become like biggest thieves yeah it's so sweet and then yeah all three of them they play really well together um it's just been really fun to watch yeah. i meant to say this earlier about being pregnant but i'm so happy that i'm pregnant during the pandemic because daniel is home to help mm-hmm. yeah whereas With no when- end in sight of working at home <laughs> Well, there's a, a plan to reopen the university, but uh, not in the same way as before. So, but I mean, I I would have had such a such a hard time with all three of them at home if because I mean, in a normal summer they would all be home anyway. Yeah. You know, um, they're not really old enough for camp yet. At least not for longer than like yeah, one just week. One week or so. Um, and so, without you being home, I would have oof, that would have sucked. Yeah. So good. Pretty fortunate. I know. Worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> so highly recommend. Yeah. And then we're going to throw another baby into the mix. Can't even believe it. In February. So we're excited about it. And I think just, I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it before in the podcast, but I, I'd forgotten that like your kids get older. Like yeah. we're not just going to be just parents of small children forever. They'll grow up and we can do different things. And it's been so great just with Jack being six to be able to do so much more with him and blaze too. So having another baby and just kind of seeing the older kids grow and kind of become more of themselves has been really, really awesome. Really awesome. It's been really, and like Jack is such a caretaker of the mm-hmm. other ones. Yeah. Make sure that everyone has what they need and stuff. And um, <laughs> sometimes to a fault, oh my blaze gosh. can't like 
well, not that we could take him to grocery stores right now anyway, but like at the grocery store, if Blaze like is like lagging behind or front of walk and Blaze is kind of falling behind, Jack's like, Dad, stop. Like, Blaze needs to catch up. And they'll like be pulling Blaze, like, come on, Blaze, gotta keep up. Blaze! Blaze! Like, yeah. Blaze! <laughs> Just yells it. No, wake him up. They're gonna want to come out of the room. I know, sorry. Um, yeah, but so it's all, it's been all great. It really has. It's, we're really, I mean, it, it's been, difficult with the morning sickness mm-hmm. but um just getting to like sit because all i can do is literally just sit and watch them play i can't play with them i'm mm-hmm. barely able to discipline them but just watching <laughs> them play has been a real gift to um just observe how sweet they are and what a sweet little time we have right now yeah so we're um, very thankful yes we have a lot of things to be grateful for mm-hmm. um so we are going to move into our fourth and final uh installment episode in our series on the mysteries of the rosary yeah we've done joyful we've done um sorrowful we've done glorious uh-huh now we're gonna do luminous luminous <laughs> which are the newest mysteries oh, i didn't know that they were added by um pope john paul ii in 70s or 80s you know what's funny what I didn't know that the luminous mysteries were the ones that were the new- newest, but I did know that JP2 added a series of mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just didn't know it was these, but that's cool. <laughs> you didn't look into it past that? <laughs> I must have like read it in part of an article mm. or something, but um, that makes me feel a little bit like closer to each mystery because I really love JP2. Mm. Um, so the, the luminous mysteries, and I'll admit these were not always saying they're not my favorite isn't the the right word to say but they're i've always kind of struggled with how they kind of fit together and how they fit in with the others and it you know the other ones i kind of felt like a connection to pretty quickly and understood them and these it kind of took a little while to like figure them out Mm. um but i think once i did i kind of really appreciated having them there because there's a few of the mysteries it's like oh well you know like the institution of the eucharist like that should have been in one of those like we should be meditating upon this um so there's really a lot of, you know, great moments in the life of Christ that are, that are meditated about these mysteries. <clears throat> like I said, sorry for that cough. Um, I hadn't really found kind of the, the key to understanding them, but I think I have now. Oh, nice. <laughs> and this isn't particularly insightful. It's kind of in the name. Um, <laughs> so the luminous mysteries, mysteries of light. Um, what I've found really fruitful in praying them is to focus on kind of what they bring to light about the person of Jesus, um, kind of what they teach us about Jesus in in that moment of, of the gospel. So the five luminous mysteries are um, the baptism of our Lord, the wedding at Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom of God, the transfiguration, and the institution of the Eucharist. Um, so we'll make this kind of a quiz, Holly. Oh, are you up yikes. for a quiz? Yes, <laughs> always. So the when Jesus is baptized at the baptism of our Lord, what does that show us about the person of Jesus? Okay, first response is that <laughs> I'm going to answer the way that Blaze answers. Yeah, I have an answer to that question, <laughs> and it is that um, that the like approval of God the Father is mm-hmm. upon him. Yeah, like when with the dove and. Mm-hmm. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. You have, you know, a moment where all three persons of the Trinity are present and we hear 
this is the son of God. So this is telling us something very important about who this Jesus person is. Um, but I always think it's so interesting that this happens and you, you know, it's like, this is the son of God. And then there's all this question about like who Jesus is after this. Mm -hmm. You know, I get that not everyone who, you know, throughout the gospels was there at this moment, but I think this is just like such a, like blinking lights, like huge sign. Like, yes, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Like, the kind of this whole action, this incarnation is pleasing to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just um, really just pulls kind of pulls your attention towards who he is. I think you're right. That um, <laughs> I think I'm right too. <laughs> but that it is this like a uh, giant event. I mean, there's like a voice from the clouds. Yeah. And, um, there's no question about it. Well, I think it's interesting too that St. John the Baptist is the one doing the baptizing and there's all these people like, who is John the Baptist? Like, who is this Messiah? Yeah. And the kind of the whole focus of St. John's mission is to proclaim the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so it's for St. John too, seeing that like, this is the one you've been waiting for. So like on a very kind of personal level for John, it's like, this is your fulfillment. Yeah. Kind of, you know, with, um, like with Simeon, like this is your culmination and you, you see somebody's, you see another person's life and mission defined by who Jesus is. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, definitely. Like he's kind of fulfilling his life and he is being who he was created by God to be in this encounter with Jesus. So not only is it showing us who Jesus is, it's showing John kind of who he is and what he is called to do and what his mission is. And really St. John's mission or St. John the Baptist, to be clear, um, <laughs> <laughs> what his mission here is to proclaim the, who Jesus is as the son of God and to um, bring that into fulfillment. And so that's kind of our mission as well. We can all yeah. enter into that same call. Something else that it shows us about Jesus is that is his humility because he's mm, Jesus. I mean, right. he's the son of God. He does not need to be baptized. You know, like he is perfect. He is without sin. Yet he is uh, humiliating himself to go through this. Um, Humbling himself. Thank you. What's the <laughs> difference? <laughs> there's, I mean, in English, there's oh. a difference. Humbling. I mean, they, they come from the same root. Right. But I think humble has more of like, a, oh, this makes me see my lowliness. Whereas humiliation is like. I am made low, you know? Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't think of the word humble, but it's anyway, okay. humble, humbling himself <laughs> to, um, to go through this like very human mm -hmm. sacrament. Yeah. And not like, uh, not being outside of it, you know, mm -hmm. like he is consenting and submitting to this, you know? Um, so yeah, it shows us that aspect of him as well, mm -hmm. that he and is, that he is God and he is human. It's kind of showing that, you know, the divine, the human nature. Yeah, that duality. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we're going to go to a wedding. Oh, we are? In our minds. <laughs> In our imagination. <laughs> so the wedding of Cana, water to wine, yada, yada, yada. Oh, my gosh. Um, but here's what I think is the most significant um, part of this, this part of the Gospels is when Mary tells the the waiters or the wait staff um listen to him do what he tells you to do mm -hmm. and i think that is one because it's mary doing it um but also it's just this another this other moment where it's like here is mary the mother of god telling 
us something. Mm. She's saying this person, you should do what he tells you to do. You should follow him. Um, and again, it's also showing Mary kind of fulfilling her mission and her individuality as defined through her vocation. Her job is to show people Jesus and to bring people to Jesus. And there's, I forget where it is. There's a stained glass window in one of the parishes we go to fairly often where it's the image of the wedding at Cana and Mary is kind of like pointing over to Jesus and Jesus is kind of gesturing down, like towards the wine being poured into the um, wine vases. What are those things? Vessels. Vessels. <laughs> They're vases. They're they huge. Vases. The wine jugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like, if you just look at it, you're like drawn to Mary and she points you over to Jesus. And then like, there's this miracle and it's just mm -hmm. really cool. Cause again, just like with John, the St. John the Baptist, it's like, she sees who Jesus is. And through that, she is fully herself. Mm. I love that. I've never yeah. thought about it like that. And I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's that not it's underappreciated, but I have not appreciated that mystery there. Cause I think mm -hmm. it's the focus is like, Oh, he turned water to wine and right. like what the wedding is and all that imagery. But that that's the part that sticks with me and kind of, this is Mary reaching out to us saying, this is who this is. Yeah. You need to listen to him. That is your role in this relationship. Just as Mary's role was to say yes and to be open. She's telling us your role is to say yes and to be open to what he has in store for you. I like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah good. Another yeah, one, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're liking all the things. Great I'm, job. I must be right about them. <laughs> no. So, I mean, you are, but. Um, so this next one, the proclamation of the kingdom of God, this is one where, so I like precision. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing about me. If, um, with the penance, with confession, I like it to be very specific. Because mm -hmm. if it's like pray for five minutes, I'm like, okay, I got to set a timer. And like, <laughs> what happens if I like uh, space out in the middle yeah. of it? I need specificity. Give me like, do this this number of times or read this psalm or read this passage. Yeah. Um, so the pro proclamation of the kingdom, I feel like that's not super specific. Yeah. Um, but one thing that, oh, sorry. Did you have any? Nope. What do you think about this you keep before, I, before I explain it? No, you keep talking. You keep talking. Okay. I don't have a ton. Um, but I think of Pope Benedict and Jesus of Nazareth talks about the kingdom of God often. Mm -hmm. And basically the whole point of that series, that volume or the series of books um, is to go through scripture and find the person of Jesus in scripture. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he says in that book that has really stuck with me kind of throughout my life is he, when he says, whenever Jesus talks about the kingdom, kingdom of God, he's talking about himself. Mm. And so when you see like, um, anytime Jesus mentions like the kingdom of God is at hand, it's like, I am at hand. Yeah. I am here before you. Yeah. And when you realize that reading through scripture, like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like when it says, um, I forget the full part of the passage, but, um, something they'll sail the kingdom of God and the violent bear it away. Yeah. Like people are like, what does that mean? But if you're talking about Jesus, like, yeah, they're going to bear him away. They're going to kill him. Right. Um, so thinking about it through that lens, the proclamation of the kingdom is again, Jesus saying, this is who I am. I am the kingdom of God and talking about who shall enter it and kind of what it, again, what that relation, what the listener's relationship ought to be towards him. Um, so when you look at it through that lens, it's really cool because it's Jesus saying, this is who I am. This is how you ought to be in a relationship with me. And I love it through that lens that um, 
when he's speaking about it, he speaks in most of the time like parables mm-hmm. and that he's speaking on our level. Like he understands that he's literally too big for us to understand that he has to kind of interpret it into these um, stories that we can kind of under use our imagination to understand him more fully because he's also so much more mysterious than just being able to say point blank. Like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. He draws these like elaborate pictures through these like various um, proclamations about who he is. And there, I just love how um, he just is bringing himself to us in any way possible mm-hmm. that just please get to know me. Please, like, I want you to know who I am and I want you to know the absolute truth, even when, like, it's a little hard. Um, when you mentioned, like, having the parables and it being something we can, like, understand, I think it's really interesting that it's not surprising, but, like, Jesus understands humans and how they relate to things and how there's a difference between knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. and, like, knowing something. Like, he could say, I am the son of God, and we can hear that, but we don't really comprehend yeah. it. And so there's all this kind of mediation um, specifically through language. And he is kind of like the master of that because he is the word. I feel like I want to delve much more into, um, and there's a book I'm reading now that kind of is getting into it, but like the fact that Jesus is the word and the relationship between language basically being how we understand the world and how it shapes the way you see the world. Like the particular language you speak does influence kind of how you see things. Yes, it does. and him being the word of God. I just, there's a lot there that I really want to delve deeper into. Um, I didn't know that book is, is touching on that. The Balthazar book. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I know. I've only gotten to read it like twice. I'm like halfway through I the know, first I'm chapter, sorry. but <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> but, um, cause do you, do you remember what I've said in the past, how like the understanding of like the word was there in the beginning mm-hmm. and how God spoke the word and that, uh, is how creation came to life was he, him speaking it into life and how I've understood that that word, that like actual word was what Jesus was before he was man. Mm-hmm. And now that has like blown my mind mm-hmm. for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just has continued to be a mystery for me and to understand that more fully. So I think that is like the evolution of what I was saying. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I don't think we realize kind of what, speaking like that's our way we kind of present to the world Mm -hmm. often you know yeah and even when we think about like non-verbal communication it's we frame it in the sense of like oh it's talking without words yeah you know um and one one thing that i've really loved about the catholic face faith (laughs) not our face our faith we got a pretty good catholic face don't you think (laughs) (laughs) that's so catholic (laughs) um is our understanding of mystery Mm mm-hmm and that, like, what I was saying before, that, like, God, Jesus is so mysterious to us because he's so much bigger than us. And that we can continue, what our understanding of mystery is that we can continue to to learn more and more and grow mm-hmm. deeper and deeper and deeper in relationship with him. But it will still always remain a mystery. Right. And there, uh, all of these things that we're studying through the rosary are called mysteries. <laughs> yeah bringing it full circle that's true but that because we can keep looking at them but we always see new things because the word is alive yeah and that's like the beauty of the rosary is it's like it's a constant meditation on these things that constantly kind of turns out these Mm -hmm. gems (laughs) for real um all right so moving on to the transfiguration my favorite yeah 
That's another yeah. one. It's like, why do we have a rosary mystery about this sooner? Oh, I, I can't believe it. Um, you can also just meditate on any part of scripture. It's not to be in the rosary. Yes. Yes. Anyway, um, the transfiguration. This is, all, I mean, if the baptism was like bright, shining lights, this <laughs> is like huge shining light, especially for um, James and John and Peter. Mm -hmm. um, but it's Jesus up there with Moses and Elijah representing the law and the prophets. And it's just kind of like, here's Jesus. He's the fulfillment of the old Testament of the law and of the prophets. And it's all leading up to him and he's the one and he's glowing. <laughs> and like literally like this is a sign of who he is and what he is. Um, but what I've kind of latched on or what I've kind of focused on in meditation is that, is that vision or that image of the glorified body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Cause we think about his earthly body, which, you know, when it, is on earth before the crucifixion is is battered and beaten and broken and bleeding and like we hold up that body and rightfully so and kind of meditate on that like this is what he has done for us he has been broken for us but for me i often forget to think about that glorified body you know even after resurrection you know he's on earth and he has his wounds but i don't think about like the son of god enthroned in heaven like what that looks like in the glory of that body, you know, and it's, it's surprising because, you know, with the Eucharist and with the body, like we focus on the body a lot, but my mind just hadn't been like, Oh, what is you know, the glorified body of Christ in heaven look like? Mm -hmm. um, and I think this, the transfiguration is kind of pointing you towards that as, as, you know, like you just said, there's a ton of other things, but for me focusing on just that, you know, he is the son of God. He is man and he is God and his glorified body yeah. exists. And it's just, inconceivable you yeah. know like as what that would be i what i love about the transfiguration is that he was like hey peter james john i want to show you something <laughs> come up to this mountain what translation is that <laughs> no i just have this idea just, where he's like <laughs> guys, no, don't tell him don't tell him <laughs> but i do have this little image of him like choosing peter james and mm -hmm. john john very deliberately and wanting to give them this insight into his like true person of of God of Jesus as God um, in His radiant glory, and what a treat that is for Peter, mm -hmm. James, and John. I mean, it was just such a he. It was just a gift. It was mm -hmm. a gift that He gave them, um, in particular, like to Peter, James, and John. Yeah, it's just I just have loved uh, reflecting on that and that the fact that it was like this sweet, intimate gift that He gave yeah. to them. Um, but that also like Peter isn't, is charged with building the church and leading the right. church and John writes his gospel, which is super deep and dense and like delves into all these things. And it's like, well, yeah, he saw that. And like, he's making these connections and he's pulling these things together. And it's just as we're kind of, when we approach these mysteries, it's like a little bit at a time, like, Oh, that's so amazing. We can dive deeper and deeper. The apostles, with Jesus there had the same experience, you know, they got, he was there, but they didn't fully get it. You yeah. know, they had little bits and pizza, pizza, <laughs> bits and pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like a snack thing. That's a good like, idea. You want to heat spend. up some bits and pizzas? <laughs> and bagel bites, but okay. <laughs> we, need to, we need to email them and say, hey guys, you got the name wrong. You got wrong. the name wrong. Um, but these little glimpses of, of who he is and throughout their lives, they reflect on that and kind of, delve into that mystery i mean it's really it's really cool that's just all i can say about it 
I yeah, sometimes really cool. that's all you can say. That's really cool. Hey, Jesus. That's what you would have said. Like, hey, Jesus. Hey, that's cool, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go to but sleep. On the note that that was such a gift for Peter, James, and John, their reaction to it is also my favorite. Mm. Let's build tents and let's, <laughs> let's live here. Right. Like, let's stay here. Yep. I'm going to, I'm here. Let's do this. This I am here for it. I just think it's such a sweet little time. Yeah. But it's also, they're wrong. Of you course know, they're, they're like, no, this is disciples isn't. are always, wrong. but it's also like, it kind of shows us this is, yes, this is your goal, Yes, but there's work to, there's work to be done until that. And again, that shows us who Jesus is and what our response to him ought to mm-hmm. be. So he's like, here I am fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Here's my glorified body. Yes, but not, you know, yes. And not yet, you know, mm-hmm. like there's work to be done. You need to strive to this throughout your lives. It's one of my favorite Catholic teachings already, but yeah, but not yet. Yeah favorite (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on to the big one oh boy institution of the eucharist um so what do you think about this one any thoughts oh my goodness (laughs) this one this one's a huge one i I do too i agree and i think you're i think i know what you're gonna say but go on i have something slightly different i think like you're gonna say something i'm gonna be like no but it's like this and you're like whoa (laughs) (laughs) okay so a thread that i keep seeing from myself through looking at these mysteries is that I keep touching on Jesus's humility mm. um, at the baptism, also at the um, proclamation of the kingdom, not really at the wedding of Cana, kind of, no, kind of, because he listens to Mary. Mm-hmm. He he humbles himself yes. to listen to Mary. Proclamation of the kingdom, he humbles himself to train, like to make himself yeah. known to us. And transfiguration, not really hum- humble, but... But it's also, like, to those three. It's not to everyone. He's not flying around the sky, show, you know? Like, it's you a very me. intimate experience. Yeah, you got me. Thank you. Um, but the Eucharist, that's, like, the ultimate humility. Mm. He makes himself, like, so vulnerable. Guys, at Mass on Sunday... Mm. On vacation. It wasn't our own vacation. parish. Yep, not, not our own parish. A host was on the floor. And I had to, and the priest didn't notice, mm. which gives me a lot of anxiety. And I had to point it, it, I, it was in front of me and I had to point it out to him like, Jesus is on the floor. Mm. And he picked it up and he said, thank you. But I was like, but Jesus was on the floor. <laughs> um, and it just really freaked me out. But that's the vulnerability that he puts himself yeah. into. Um, and he gives himself so freely to us in this ginormous way and yeah. then sometimes we just treat it like nothing right oh it freaks me out yeah and it is i think we don't recognize the great vulnerability of of the eucharist of coming to us you know the bread and wine becoming him and that that's uh, you know he is god you know like coming but that's the us. form that he's in yeah i was telling daniel a couple of weeks ago after mass um that he was like, how did you like mass? And I said, I liked it, but I feel all this anxiety around receiving the Eucharist. And like, guys, we understand that not all parishes are open. A lot of people yeah. don't are not able to attend mass. And we know that this is such a huge gift to us. And we're really, we're trying to take it, not take advantage of it, but like utilize this gift mm-hmm. as much as we can. Um, but it is a little nerve wracking when I have to, I have to hold my kid's hand and figure out a way to take off my mask and figure out a way to safely receive and say amen, like to to do all the things in the right order. And just like, it's just a lot of stuff. There's just more uh, steps in the process yeah. now. And so I was telling Daniel, like, I feel a lot of anxiety around it and it kind of clouds my experience around it. And your response was something around like, 
well, shouldn't we feel a lot of anxiety? Like, if <laughs> yeah. we actually understood what it was, like, how much more anxious would we yeah. be to receive it? And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think um, not discomfort. Well, yeah, discomfort around receiving the Eucharist. Quite Like, seriously, thinking about receiving the Eucharist has been a great fruit of this the situation. I think we yeah. may have mentioned it before, but like, you know, if the only thing that comes out of all of this, the only benefit is that people think a little more, you know, thoughtfully about receiving the Eucharist. And like, that is a great gift. Mm -hmm. And to like, it brings us closer to fully understanding what the Eucharist is. And we never will. Yeah. Um, but you know, there should, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a little bit of fear and trepidation. I always get a little nervous before confession and it's like, Oh, that's good. You know, yeah. I should, this is an immense gift. This is the creator of the universe wiping away your sin. Mm -hmm. Like you should feel a little nervous about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. It's yeah. So that's what I think about the, that's one of the things I think about the Eucharist. It's funny that you've, your kind of thread through it is humility. I think you should pray the rosary more often. Oh, ouch. Or, you know, here. Whoa. No, no. No. So I'm wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying that's really cool that you did see a thread between those. Uh -huh. And I think you ought to meditate on the mysteries more often. Because I would see because, that even yeah, more and more right, threads like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so that was wrong. So you need to pray the more <laughs> until you understand what I do. No. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, just even like meditating on just these mysteries, I think, brings mm -hmm. so much fruit. Yeah. But something that I've focused on with the institution of Eucharist is the, I think when people see this mystery, and I know in the past I've been like, okay, the Eucharist, like what the Eucharist is. But like this mystery is the institution of the Eucharist, like the moment when Jesus first celebrates the Eucharist and gives that gift to his church. Mm -hmm. And again, that shows us who he is. Like he is a giving and loving God and he's giving himself to us. Not only did he come down to earth to be with us and he still wants to be with us after we killed him, you know, and crucified him. But he's saying, not only am I going to be with you, I'm going to give you this gift where, you know, wherever the Eucharist is celebrated, I will be physically present with you and you will receive me and I will make myself small and vulnerable and you will, you will literally crush my body with your teeth mm. and I will go into you and you will receive me. And it's like, that is just mind blowing. And it's, and that's who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And I think in receiving the Eucharist and breaking the body with, you know, with our teeth mm -hmm. and breaking it down with our bodies and it being our nourishment, like that is the crucifixion in a way, mm -hmm. like his body being broken and given for us for life. Mm -hmm. And again, we talked about him kind of speaking different languages. And this is like a very basic human language of like food, like this yeah. is bread and wine and nourishment. And mm -hmm. like, he, he just gives himself to us in so many different ways. Like, he's like, I came down to earth. I was there with you, you know, like, People like I spoke, my words go out through all time. You know, you have scripture, you have, you encounter me there. You encounter me in all these places. You encounter me here in the Eucharist. Like he gives himself to us in so many different ways. And in like such immense ways, you know, it's not like, oh, we have this one line from Jesus. Like, no, we have like these rich stories of the gospel. We have the rich tradition of the church. Like he, he gives us, he gives himself to us in so many intimate and intense ways and that's who he is and that's his kind of his essence is to to be giving to us and it's just incredible something that i've really uh reflected on a lot during that that like night of the institution of the eucharist the last supper is that he gives his body to everyone at the table mm -hmm. including peter and 
including Judas. Mm -hmm. He says, this is for all of you. Take and eat. And he even says, like, whoever passes this basket is going to betray me. Like, giving him the Eucharist. Like, yeah. He already knew that it was happening. He still gave himself for him. That's, I know. And that's, and, you know, at Mass, um, the, this week they talked about the, the reading of the, the seed, the weeds and the, and the wheat and then being all intermingled and, you know, not just tearing it all up, but waiting, you know, for the harvest. And I think, I, and Han and I were talking, I think that's something I need to focus on and meditate on more, especially with all the problems in the world and problems in the church to, to just remember that God kind of has this in control, you right. know, we're as horrible as people can be. We're not going to be more than God can handle, you yeah. know, and that, and that there's kind of always, there's always good to be found there. And there's always redemption that's possible. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is giving himself to all of us. Right. I mean, that parable or that, yeah, parable about the wheat and the weeds. I loved what you said. I don't know how you said it. That really um, lit that up for me, for lack of a better word. <laughs> illuminated. It illuminated <laughs> it for me. Um, was that like you can't, just the fact that you can't rip up the weeds without then pulling up the harvest or the fruit. Yeah. Um, and that there are a lot a lot of weeds out there and like we're just seeing more and more weeds come up. But the fact that like the, I don't know, I find it very comforting that Jesus told this parable, like the weeds are there and we can't just get rid of all of the weeds without like uprooting every, like it was, yeah. the roots are entangled. And so I don't know. I just found it comforting that like, I can't, cause I feel so much of this burden. Like there's such a huge, it's an immense problem. And we do have, a lot of work to do and we should do that work but the weight of the world is not on my shoulders that like he knows that there's weed weeds out there and that like i don't know can you grasp what i'm saying yeah but like if you look at the church like yeah there are people within the church who you know do not follow jesus and do not follow jesus closely and there are very sinful people in very high offices of the church who do not fulfill their office well but yet Jesus isn't saying like, all right, scrap that. We're getting, yeah. we're doing away with all the church because the right. church is that kind of fertile soil for the fruit to grow in. Right. And although there are weeds growing in there, that base and that soil allows the fruit to grow as well. Mm-hmm. So you can't, he's not going to get rid of all of it. He's going to allow the fruit to grow, you know, and at the harvest time, the fruit is going to be harvested and the weeds are going to be cast off. Right. Yeah. And it's hard at, like sitting and watching and not just having the weeds be cast off right now. But yeah. that parable, when I first heard it, it was like very unsettled. But after reflecting on it, I feel much more peace around it. That it's so like, God's got it. And that's, I think the kind of flip side to Jesus giving himself to us is that leaves him vulnerable to being rejected. Mm. You know, like if he is this immense giving, there's also, the you know, it, with every, with every offer, there's the, possibility of rejection but nonetheless he he offers himself to us for the good of those you know who are willing to accept Mm it um and again what mary and what um saint john the baptist show us and what the apostles show us is here's what your response ought to be to this to jesus Mm -hmm. who's showing himself to you who is giving himself to you Mm -hmm. and i think that's really cool (laughs) i think it's really cool too i think it's interesting that they're called luminous because we see God's light and we 
are called like in St. John and Mary were, we are also called to, to spread that light. Like Mm -hmm. we are called to be that same light of the world. Yeah. Um, and I always love how we like, how we talk about fire and light that like it, it doesn't diminish when it's shared. It continues to grow. Right. And it's a reminder of us to let that light shine through us and to, and to encounter through, through our sharing of his light, let that, let others encounter that light as well. I love it. Yeah. So thank you for joining us here on vacation. (laughs) Um, You know, we're really, we've been very busy obviously with the pregnancy and with our kids. So we um, haven't been able to podcast as frequently, um, but I think we've both really enjoyed getting to do this to having, you know, it's our vacation and we're like, okay, finally we have time to ourselves. We're going to podcast. So, and I'm not feeling nauseous. Yes. yes. That's a big, yeah, that's another big thing too. <laughs> um, but I'll let to say we really enjoy doing, we enjoy doing this and we, we like sharing with one another and sharing with you. So we hope that you've um, enjoyed this. And we would really love to hear from you. So if you would email us at halfway saints podcast at gmail.com, if you have any questions or comments, you don't have to just email us. I was getting there, but I also <laughs> do want to hear from you guys. Um, we would love to just hear from our community what you guys think. Um, any feedback about the podcast or what you th- like, you know, responses. Any or, fruit, any, you know, fruit that I, that came from it. Yeah, for sure. So um, email us or find us on Facebook at Halfway Saints and Twitter. At halfway underscore Saints. There we go. There we are. So. We will see you guys soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.